What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. I'm in the house with a friend of mine from Clubhouse, Dominique Murphy. She is a three-time Emmy award-winning storyteller and television journalist and has appeared on stages across the nation and has been featured on the Steve Harvey Show, Fox, ABC, NBC, HSN, CBS, and countless radio, print, and local television platforms. She is also the president of Media Mastery Now, a premier media training agency, and she is the founder, host, and president of The Right Method, where she interviews some of the world's most notable business icons and motivators to learn their secrets to success. Dominique, welcome to the What Are You Made Of podcast. Oh, C-Rock, I'm so honored. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. You know, I'm a huge fan of yours, so I the honor and privilege is all mine. Thank you, and I'm a fan of yours as well. I love popping in your clubhouse rooms, and you know, we don't we get to see each other's pictures, of course, in there, but just the voice. You have an awesome voice, and you've put a lot of time into to your craft, and, and that's definitely you know, can be seen. And I want to honor you for that. You know, and and the other thing is like, I've had a lot of guests on the show. I think we're in uh, approaching 200 some episodes from me starting out in my dining room with this microphone, the same one, but in my dining room, telling my kids and my wife to be quiet, like having someone that is an Emmy award winning storyteller, television journalist on my show, where I have just learned how to go just by, (laughs) just by doing it. (laughs) uh, it, It's an honor to me to have you today here. And uh, I just want to thank you. So We'll get into all that stuff that you've accomplished and what you're doing now too. But before we do that, I want to ask you the question we start the show with, which is what are you made of? Yeah, I I love the question because it's not a simple answer, right? Anyone who can answer that in a split second, it's like, oh, I don't know. You got to really think about it. What are you made of? What am I made of? Dominique is made of grit and grace. Yeah. With with like a sprinkle of sass, I guess you could say. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And the reason why I, I love the term grit and grace because, you know, they're polar opposites, but yet they go so well together. And in order to be successful in this world, whatever your definition of success is, you have to have a good balance of both of that. You have to have the grit to, number one, understand what it is that you want. You figure it out. You decide what it is you are going to achieve. You hold that vision. And then there's a grit that comes with achieving it. It's this unstoppable, unshakable attitude of, I am going to make this happen, period. You're not concerned about the how, how will it happen? How long will it take? You're not worried about that. You're focused on the vision, the thing that you are going to achieve. So there's this level of grit. In my whole life, I have been a person who is the I'll figure it out person. Uh, Yeah, I'll figure it out. Give me, give me a problem and I will solve it. That's just how my brain is wired. So there's a lot of grit to me as a human. I'm a Taurus as well. So there's a lot of tenacity there, but there's this grit. I'm going to do it no matter what. I'm going to figure out the steps. If there's no, if there are no dots, I will find the dots and connect them. Okay. Then there's this grace part because internally I'm a softie, right? And I love people. 
And sometimes in life that can, if you don't have the balance, if you're too nice, you get walked over a lot, right? So there's a good balance between the two of being a human. At the end of the day, I am real and I understand the human condition and I love people and being able to pour into folks service to others. It's my favorite thing in the world. So grit and grace and then a little bit of sass. I think, you know, the pageant queen in me loves just, you know, just the dresses and the heels and that like swaggy attitude that comes along with it. So that's what I am. Great grace with a sprinkle of sass. Oh, I love it. Great explanation. You know, one thing you did say though, is I'll figure it out and focus on the target. And I don't care how long it takes, but see, I do care how long it takes. <laughs> I have the, I have the problems with lack of patience. And I think this, and you've accomplished a lot. You look so young to accomplish so much, but I feel like I didn't really get into my calling and my mission until you know after 40 years old. And I felt like, man, one, I look back and I'm like, I wish I would have known some of this stuff sooner. And two, my window's shortening because I don't know how much longer I have on this planet. So I need, and everything that I want to accomplish is like, you know, a lifetime for a lot of people. And I, I have no patience because I need urgency with getting it in, packing it into this shorter window. So I have a saying, thrust is a must. So I don't know if you've ever had an, an issue with patience or lack of patience, but I'd love to hear your take on that. Yeah, 100%. I am, well, was the most impatient person you'd ever meet. I wanted it now, immediacy. Like I need it now, now, now. That was my life, right? Like I just couldn't wait for things to transpire. And one thing I found with me and every person is different. Everybody's story is their own unique story. But for me, I found that when I would go really fast, I would achieve a lot and then something would happen every time. And then I would, I would, I would accelerate, go, 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 go. And then something would stop me every single time. And then I heard someone say this quote to me and it really resonated. And he said, sometimes Dominique, you have to slow down to go fast. And I loved it, but I said, I kind of agree with that. I kind of agree. Because if you slow down fully and you stop, you're just going to be stopped. And then a year yeah. from now, you'll still be in the same place. Yeah. So I internalized it. And I said, okay, I think for me, it's a balance. Slow down, focus on what you're doing. Don't rush things. Because I think my issue is I was rushing things as opposed to working harder, smarter, and faster. Yeah. I was rushing it. Like, just, just do it. Just get it out there. Let's just do it. And when you rush things, you make mistakes. And when you make mistakes, your credibility is not as strong as it should be. And so for me, it was this journey of I have to get there, 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 no matter what happens. And I'm learning in this second wave of my life, if you will, as an entrepreneur, especially in the entrepreneur space, I don't like to rush. I like to make sure I fully understand what is coming up, what is happening in my businesses, I understand it because before I would just say, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. You know what you're doing? Okay, cool. Good. And then things would fall apart, right? Money right. would get lost. Systems would be not in place. Clients wouldn't get what they had, you know, had asked for, et cetera. So it was a matter of, for me, slowing down a little bit, getting the clarity, getting the focus, getting the direction, as I spoke about earlier, having that vision, like, where are you going? And then backlogging it from there. So a blend yeah. between yeah. being impatient, but also executing what it is that you need to do. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I love it. And uh, one thing though, when you're clear the vision though, then to me, it's like full throttle, let's go. One thing my coach was talking to me about and uh, shout out to Richie Dolan. He's a friend and coach and mentor. He talked to me about how fast I move sometimes and how much I take on and how much I'm doing. And just like a speedboat coming through where people are sitting in their inner tubes or their little tiny rowboats or whatever, and they're just sitting there, right? 
you come through in your boat and then there's wake yes. and it rocks everybody and, and, it, and it kind of disrupts them. And he said, I don't want to tell you to slow down, but you just got to be conscious of the wake that you leave behind sometimes. Yeah. And the reaction that you get from people won't always be what you expect it to be because of that wake. So, um, you know, I, I, I've been thinking on this and stewing on this a lot lately. I don't want to slow down because I am clear exactly where I'm going. <laughs> um, and, and I sometimes would think to myself, well, these people around me, just, they just got to catch up or they got to wake up or they got to figure it out, you know, but I got to be more empathetic. I think to understanding that not everybody has figured it out and I've been there before. So that's some cool stuff that I've been going through and self-assessment. So I just, that you, you've made, you reminded me of that when you said yeah. something about not worrying about how long it takes sometimes. So, so take me back to being a young girl, like where did you grow up and like what kind of events in your life or things happen that you still feed off of? Uh, whether you know for fuel or things you remember when things get tough or you want to take things to the next level, what are you referring back to at all in the past, if anything? Sure. So many stories come to mind. So let me give you the, the 411 on, on my life growing up. I'm from Minnesota. Yes, I used to have an accent. I used to say, oh, yeah, don't you know, Minnesota. And when I went to journalism school in Missouri, my professor said, if you ever want a job in TV outside of Minnesota or Wisconsin, Wisconsin, you better lose the accent. So that went away. And I have had a television career since I was 14 years old. I landed my first TV show in a top 15 market at the NBC affiliate in Minneapolis. It was called Whatever, very similar to Entertainment Tonight for kids. So we would interview celebrities, we would go to movie premieres, but we also would cover some hard topics that teenagers unfortunately deal with. Things like bullying, suicide, eating disorders, drug use, things that you have to talk about because unfortunately these things do happen in our school settings. So I did that for four years from 14 to 18, went to college, grew out University of Missouri in Columbia, and then I pursued my journalism career. I've worked everywhere from Central Virginia. I went to Cleveland as a TV host. I was in Kansas City. I am now back in Northern Virginia and I am an entrepreneur. I took my love of media. I love media and I love television and I love helping people learn how to get exposure for their brands and their businesses because very few people know how to do it. How do I not just get the PR side, but the training behind it? So from start crafting a story behind your brand, which is so fundamental. This is one of the largest reasons why, one of the main reasons why a lot of companies are not able to scale effectively. They're not able to reach a larger audience because they don't have a story behind their brand. And people don't buy products. They don't. People buy people and people buy passion. And people and passion are based on a story. So crafting stories behind companies and corporations and individual brands, I do a lot of that, then ultimately place them in the media. And then from there, I teach people how to leverage the exposure from stages and the media to generate more income, passive income for themselves. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, now, so you don't do TV anymore at all? Uh, you know, it's funny, dot, dot, dot. Yes, there's some uh, exciting things happening here, uh, like literally happening. So two things, the right method. I went around with a TV crew in 2020, right? Kind of in the middle of COVID-19. And we shot all of this content. I need to come out and fly out and do an interview with you, C-Rock, if yeah, you have the go. time. Okay, let's make that happen. And just business icons, amazing mm -hmm. folks like yourself. And we compiled all this footage and then Hollywood shut down and everything closed. So the right method is coming back to life. We're working hard behind the scenes to create this, this show that is coming this year, 2021, closer to like late fall. 
So that's one project I'm working on. And then I have another one that is, it's still, I'm under contract, the NDAs, I can't really talk about it yet, but there's another television opportunity on the horizon. So yes, I'm still in television. I'm also an entrepreneur that helps people with all of their media, et cetera. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so first of all, um, you know, I, I'm fascinated with, you know, when I have a videographer with me, uh, a lot of times when I go to Miami, I'll just hire one and what they do with it afterwards and how it's created. I'm just fascinated by that and the way they make me look good. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I want to do this. Like, I want to figure this out. Like, I, I don't know what specifically uh, with television I want to do yet. That part of my life, I'm not clear with. I know I want to be at some point on television. I had an aunt, no cousin, second cousin that was on Channel 3 News in Philadelphia. I think it was NBC or CBS back in the day. And everybody knew who she was, Pat Shiraki. Everybody knew who she was. And my family's name was originally Shiraki, by the way, when they came from Italy. My family, my grandfather, someone changed ours to Shiraki for business reasons. But she was always on there and I always looked up to her. And I always used to couldn't wait to watch the news when I was a little kid because my cousin was on the television. And so I just, that stuck with me from when I was little. And I don't know, I, I don't know, like, so I started writing it down on my goals and, and I started seeing different things happen where like, this is, could be a possibility. And then your belief lid starts to expand and that mind is blown off. Like, I, I want to talk to you next about belief lid. Like, you, everybody is limited at some point, right? And it also happens from um, exposure from people around you, your experiences. Because I think as a kid, a lot of times we, when we're born, we don't even know we're human beings when we're born, right? We come right. into this world and we're learning as we go and we have people giving us good information and good data and then people giving us bad data that they're basing off experience that they've had a traumatic thing happen to them. Like they were bitten by a dog and then they'll tell the kid, dogs are bad. Stay away from that dog. Now the kid doesn't like dogs, mm -hmm. but the, the, the kid shouldn't not like dogs. They should just be careful around dogs. And so all, all these things have built a lid on us, right? And so where are you right now with your belief lid of what you can accomplish personally? And what is the history of that lid? Yeah. I believe all things are possible, period. There's an affirmation. Oh, we could talk about this for hours because this is just, I love this topic, C-Rock. I have two affirmations in my bathroom mirror. Okay. They're taped onto the bathroom mirror. They've been there for 15 years. Every time I move, I peel them off and I stick them. This is the first thing I do. Whenever we get a new place, I just put them on the bathroom mirror. The first one is a quote by Charles Kettering, and it says, act as though it were impossible to fail. And I say that to myself 10 times every morning, 10 times every night. And I say, Dominique, act as though it were impossible to fail. What would you do right now for anyone listening to this if you were not afraid of failing? If you were not afraid of what people would think about you for stepping out and doing something different, what would you do? So that's number one. My second one, it says, why not you? Why not you? You bleed the same way as everybody else. Why, why not you? We'll make up a million reasons why we can't do something. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have the spouse. I don't have the connections. I don't have whatever. And it's all based on, on falsehood. It's an illusion. You are just as capable if you can reprogram yourself, if you can literally change your mindset, it's a paradigm shift, that I can do it. I am going to do it. And it's so possible because here's the, here's the secret that a lot of people don't realize. Most people, let me change that. Every human on this planet has insecurities, every single one. And a lot of people are so concerned about what they think other people think that it stops them in their tracks. But the reality is everyone else is doing the same thing. 
They're also concerned about what you or someone else thinks about them. So in actuality, the field is wide open to achieve whatever it is that you want. I have had my setbacks many, 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 many times, many times. I've had my teeth kicked in more times than you can imagine between business, between pageantry, between life, life in general. And one thing that I found that woke me up, I was speaking to a group of young women, young girls, 12 and under. This was a few, this was probably six years ago, seven years ago. And one of the little girls, she was probably 11 or 12, years older than her age. She came up to me and she goes, hey, can we play a game? And there was a room of maybe 15 little girls there. I said, yeah, let's play a game. What game are we going to play? And she goes, we're going to play. What do we see when we look at you? I said, I've never, I've never heard of this game. How do you play? She goes, well, you stand there and we're going to say things that we see when we look at you. I said, okay. Wow. Wow. So I stood there like the firing squad. I'm like, okay, a little nervous, but oh, let's go. <laughs> so I, I stand up there and the girl starts saying things such as, you're really pretty. It must have been really easy for you. You're so lucky. It will never happen for me. Wow, I wish I could be you one day. And as they were saying these things, I was like sinking deeper and deeper into my body, like, oh my gosh. What am I projecting to this world that these little girls think that what I have done, they can never do or surpass? What am I projecting? Because obviously I'm doing something that makes these little girls, our future, think that what I have done is not possible for them. So that was my wake up call where I realized I am not sharing my truth with the world. I'm like, oh, everything's great. Everything's great. That's the representative. And it's not true. It's not real. I have bad days just like everybody else. I have setbacks just like everybody else. And that's when I started to begin to tell my story of how I won my very first Emmy because I never shared how I got this Emmy here for years. I never told anybody how it happened. And the reality is, I'll give you the expedited version of it. I was working in Cleveland as a television host. I had my own show at four o'clock, one hour, and I ended my episode the same way I did every day. I said, thank you so much for watching. I'm Dominique. I'll see you back here tomorrow. The lights went off. I grabbed my purse, same way I did every day. I grabbed my cell phone and I looked down and there was a message on my phone from my producer and it said, meet me upstairs now. And I was like, ooh, okay. Now upstairs in the building that I worked in, this is where all of the, the managers were located and human resources. So my mind was going a million miles an hour. I was like a hamster on a wheel. I'm like, what did I do? What did I do? Did I say something? Did I say something? Did I offend someone? What did I say? And nothing was coming to mind. I'm like, what did I say? What did I say? So I make the, the journey upstairs. I am, I'm like sweating. I'm like slowly going up the stairs thinking, okay, don't know what this is about, but okay. So I turn the corner, I open the door and it's a room full of my entire team, my whole, my whole team from my show, producers, floor directors, everyone's in the room. So I'm like, oh, okay, Whew, nothing, nothing bad. Everyone's in here and everyone's like looking normal and they're talking. So I sit down, I was the last one in the room. So I'm like, oh, I bet someone's going to announce their retirement or something like that. So I sit down and my, my boss was sitting directly in front of me and he was finishing a conversation. He looks up and his face went poker style. Like all the emotion like dropped out of his face. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book that's mike c-r-o-c.com forward slash book go get a copy and share it with your friends and family 
It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. And he said, Dominique, that was your last show. You were no longer the host of that show. And the whole room was like, oh, what? Because nobody had heard this information, myself included. And I sat there and I was frozen. I couldn't believe, number one, that it had happened. Number two, the way that it had happened. I was so humiliated, C-Rock. I just sat there and he looked at me and he goes, do you have any questions? I said, yeah, can I speak with you in private? He said, yes. So we proceeded into his office, closed the door, and I asked the million dollar question. I said, do I still have a job? He goes, yes. I said, okay, what is my job? He goes, what do you want it to be? (laughs) And I sat there so confused. I said, I want it to be what I was hired for, but my assumption is that's off the table. So I, I don't know. He goes, I'll give you two options. You can come back here tomorrow and be a reporter, which was a huge demotion for me. He said, or you can walk out that door and never come back. Either way, it's up to you. Just like that. So I said, oh, okay, thank you. And I grabbed my bag and I walked down the stairs and I remember I grabbed my phone. I called my husband from my car. I literally couldn't even start the engine. I broke down. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this just happened. And I was bawling and bawling. And he said, babe, come home. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. It was in front of everybody. He said, babe, come home. So I went home that night and I was so beside myself. What did I do? I didn't do anything. And now I'm the laughing stock of the whole building. I can never go back in there. And my husband, who is like Mr. Bulletproof, he goes, listen, babe, you now have a choice. You now have two choices. You can either do what everyone expects you to do, which is to never show your face in that building again, or you can rise above it. But only you can make that decision. I can't do that for you. You have to choose what you want to do. So that night, C-Rock, I was up and down. I'm, I can do it. I'm going in. I'm ready. This, we're going to conquer the world. 20 minutes later. No, you're not. Sit down, Dominique. Just, just sit down. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to happen. You're not doing it. Up, down, up, down, up, down. Yeah. By the time the morning came, I had made the decision. Let's do it. So I showed up. I got up two hours earlier. I found a story because reporters pitch stories in the meeting. And I had a really good story. I pitched it when I walked in the building. It was like being the rare panda at the zoo, right? Everyone's like, she's here. (laughs) Sat down, pitched my story, and it ended up being the lead, the number one story that evening. And so I thought to myself, this is not what I want to do, but there's got to be a lesson in this somewhere if I'm paying attention. So I started to own this new role. Didn't love it. Not going to lie. Not what I wanted to do, but I'm like, there's a lesson here. I don't know what it is but there's something. So let me open my eyes, change my attitude, because attitude is everything. It really is. No one has power over you, but you, and you choose how you present yourself to the world. I said, I'm not going to present myself to the world as a victim or someone who's mad. I'm going to present myself as someone who's going through a new season of opportunity and who's going to figure this whole thing out. So it was a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month, two months, three months. And I'm like, what is the lesson in this? <laughs> and the Republican National Convention was coming into town. And my, it was my job to go out and cover it as a reporter. So I had to go through two weeks of military SWAT training. Everything from if someone throws tear gas on you, this is what you do. If there's a sniper on the building, this is what you do. 
if I find all the alleyways, like stuff that was really kind of creeping me out, like, oh, I need to know this stuff. So training went well, the RNC came the day before my team came to me and they said, hey, by the way, you're going to have an armed bodyguard named named Gunny cannot make this stuff up. The guy's name was Gunny. Okay. And he's going to be with you at all times. And here's your bulletproof vest. And here's your bulletproof helmet. Good luck. And I remember sitting there going, they think I'm going to get shot. They think I'm going to get shot. Like (laughs) what? You do not pay me enough for this. Right? So you have to get the mindset. I said, what's the lesson in this? The next day I went and did the coverage. It was five days of coverage. Long story short, the last day, a huge fight broke out. I was the one reporter that was right there, six inches, 12 inches from it. It was, it was literally right next to me. And I was doing coverage and the coverage got picked up all over the place. It was that story that landed me my very first Emmy, the coverage of that. So something that I thought was one of the worst things that could have happened in my career was one of the best things. It led to two others, three total, and so many opportunities. So I always tell that story to anyone who's willing to listen to it, because oftentimes when we look at people and we think, oh, it must have been really easy or you're so lucky, there's a real story of grit Mm -hmm. and grace behind it. Yeah, I'll say. I love that story. So what is it like? What does it really take to win an Emmy? Like, what does it take? Somebody votes on that or? Yeah. So what happens is you submit. So the journalistic Emmys, right? So these are all for journalist, journalistic excellence. You have a really good story and then you submit it. So typically your station will back you. Your television station will back you in entering for an Emmy award. So unless it's like really, really top notch, they won't even endorse it. Right. So you submit. And then the Emmy committee, they select their finalists. So you might not even be nominated. So they'll pick the people that they're nominating for each category. Then from there, it's a panel from, of journalists from all over the USA that will go in and watch the five or nine that are nominated. So there might be 300 that are entered. And out yeah. of the 300, they might narrow it to, to seven. And then those seven, they'll pick the one person. And then that's how you, you win. There's did, you go, did you go to the show? You know, it's funny. So the two, so I won two together, one first, and I won these two together. And I actually, I did not. I went the year before when I was nominated and did not win. These other ones, I was pregnant for both, for, for all wow. of them. <laughs> so, but you were, you were nominated for more than just the three though, too. So nine nominations yeah. Yeah, and nine. three wins. So what's it mean to win an Emmy? Like, what does it mean for you? What's the value of that in journalism? It is a a really prestigious honor in in journalism. So it's highly regarded and highly recognized. And for anyone in the business of like journalism, news, et cetera, they regard this very, very highly. They they really do. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as getting other opportunities and all that, it opens up the doors for that. And it creates an attraction model for you instead of you having to really chase jobs, right? Correct. Yeah. Gotcha. Love it. Love it. Now, did you ever think of winning an Emmy prior to winning the first one or being nominated? No, I really didn't. Um, yeah. It wasn't I wasn't a little girl who's like, one day I want an Emmy. No, I, I remember the very first time I ever entered. I entered for best news anchor and I was nominated. And this is really early in my career, which was crazy. Yeah. And I remember I was up against seasoned 20, 30 year veterans and was nominated one of four for best news anchor. That was my very first nomination. I didn't take that win home, but I was nominated one of four in my in my area. Have you ever thought about being on uh, like Fox, CNN or NBC or something like that now, like on one of the major ones as a, having your own show? Is that something still in the cards for you or no? 
It is. Yeah. My, my ultimate dream is to continue being the entrepreneur in media, PR, et cetera, but also having my own television show. That yeah. is definitely the vision of, of what's next. Awesome. Love it. And then so for what you're doing, as far as the entrepreneur side of things, what do you have going on here soon? And you know, anything you want to talk about in regards to that for the audience? Yeah, there's so many things happening. So Media Mastery Now, it's MediaMasteryNow.com, my website. We have so many things happening. This, this on the 27th of this month in particular, I am hosting an event all about monetizing your message. Everyone needs to have a story behind their brand, as we spoke about earlier. But it's one thing to get media opportunities. Vanity metrics are awesome. But at the end of the day, a lot of people don't realize there's ways to monetize the media opportunities in a big, big way. And I'm not talking 100 here, 500 here. I'm talking about really lucrative business models. So I have an event happening on the 27th. It's live. It's a three hour event virtual. It's called Monetize Your Message. And it is going to literally roll out how you do this. My team and I tested this out recently. And so I hosted a five day boot camp, one hour a day for five days. And I plugged it, I talked about it for 30 days. So I told people, hey, this event's happening, it's happening. And that one event over five days, it was $7, by the way. That $7 offer generated over 122,000 bucks. And so I am going to literally show everybody how my team and I did this, like how we did six figures on a $7 offer and how possible it is if you have the systems in place and if you truly know how to do it the right way. Yeah. So and I, I heard you say that and you didn't spend any money on ads. No ads. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Yeah. That's, phenomenal. So that's so, happening. So. Yeah. So they can literally to, to sign up for this. I would encourage everyone to go to my Instagram page. The link is in my bio on my Instagram. Now, bonus points if you can spell my name correctly. I'm, I'm sure C-Rock has it here yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll have it. We'll have it there. And also, this is July, just so everybody knows, because sometimes these episodes come out later, but we're going to put this I'm going to try to get this out next week. Today is July 15th. So we're going to try to put, to put this out next week, either Wednesday or Friday, which would put us at what the 15th plus six, 21st or somewhere between the 21st. And when, when is the date of the event? 22nd? July 27th. 27th. So you'll have plenty of time to sign up. So we're going to get this out next week by the 22nd uh, or 23rd at the latest. So guys, go sign up. This lady knows what she's doing. And I would definitely advise anyone that's interested in monetizing their message, getting media exposure, and pushing it to the limits, man. Go sign up for this. And uh, Dominique, first of all, uh, thank you for coming today. I have one more question for you. And also, how can they reach you? Did you say a website? Yeah, was, media. Was, was, the link was in your Instagram, right? Yeah, everything. You can find me on Instagram. You can go to mediamasterynow.com. But Instagram is probably the best way because it will take you through to actually, if you want to sign up for the event, on the 27th of July, find me on Instagram. It's just my first name, D-H-O-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E. You'll see a photo of me holding three Emmys. You won't be able to miss it, <laughs> okay? Go to the link in my bio on Instagram, and that is how you sign up for this game-changing event happening on the 27th of July. Awesome. Dominique, I have uh, written the book, Rocket Fuel. It all stems from the concept of what I figured out over my life was I became unstoppable to accomplish anything I wanted to once I realized that anything that came my way that would stop normal human beings, slow normal human beings down. And I say normal because until you figure this law out, you're normal. That's what I'm referring to when I say normal, by the way. And anybody can become not normal. So what I figured out was I was taking all these things and I was storing it in my tank 
instead of my trunk where most people do, where it weighs you down. I was stored in my fuel tank where I could convert it into rocket fuel to become unstoppable. Now, since I've written the book, I have created a little bit more to this because I started to realize there's some kind of line of demarcation at some point, some kind of part where you're, you're heading to outer space and eventually you get out of gravity's pull and your engine maybe becomes more refined and it can't use that same old toxic fuel of the past. So you need to start finding a new fuel source, a new higher octane, cleaner fuel source, which is your targets, goals, and dreams that you know now you believe that you can accomplish because you have a higher belief lid or no belief lid at all. So that is the new fuel for me. And I want to encourage everyone to get past that demarcation line to have your engine refined enough by studying, mentorship, reading, picking up anything you can, experiencing things, your engine will be refined. I want to ask you, I know that was a lot because I wanted to add that other part to it. What has that meant to you in your life? I mean, you told us some stories, but in a few sentences, you know, what does Rocket Fuel Law mean to you? Oh, I love it. Love it. Love the book. Adore you. We are all born a winner. And this ties into Rocket Fuel. And this is something that took me years to fully understand. Every person who can hear my voice was born a winner. You won your very first race in life. We all did. And if you, whenever you doubt yourself or when you find yourself, your fuel tank on E and you're like, oh, am I good enough? Is it going to happen? Will I make it? Because here's the reality. Everyone goes through that. Every person, whether you feel you have achieved success yet or you're on your way to achieve it, there are always setbacks. And those failures are not failures. They're lessons and they are opportunities to get better if you are paying attention. And so for me, I always like to remind myself or whenever I see people who are hurt or struggling, because it's, it's tough. It's not easy. We all know that. See, Rocky, you know your journey to get to where you are was not an easy, breezy journey. You had setbacks. You learned a lot of things in the process that have made you and shaped you into the man that you are. So when you understand that you are born a winner, whenever you doubt yourself, remember this. You won your very first race in life when you came into this world. And if you do not realize how difficult it is to be born, I encourage you to look it up. You won a race against millions of others of you to be here. So you're here for a reason and you are here for a purpose. So when that tank starts to feel like it's on E, oftentimes it's not. You just feel that it's on E. It doesn't mean it's on E. You have to keep pushing. You have to keep striving. You have to understand what it is that you are capable of doing. We are capable of so many things. Literally, you can lift a vehicle. Now you're probably going, oh, Dominique, I can't lift a car. No, you really can. And it happens all the time. I've covered stories of grandmas lifting vehicles off of children, off of pets. When you are put in a situation, when you are not thinking of all of your limiting beliefs, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. It's amazing what the human mind and what the human body can accomplish. You can lift a vehicle up. If someone you loved was under a vehicle right now, I promise you, you would find the strength and the courage to lift it and not even think about it. So we are so powerful beyond belief and we were born winners and that's the reality. I like to use the example of a duck, okay? In order to be successful, it's a lot like watching a duck. You watch a duck on the water, they're very graceful. And it's like, oh, it looks really easy. They're just smooth, they're gliding on the water. It seems so easy, but under the water, they're going like this. Yeah. They're moving <laughs> oh, so, so, so fast, right? They're just, you know, yeah. and the same is true for anyone who wants to have major success. There's a lot of grind. There's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of moving parts. And that fuel starts from within. It starts in your soul and in your core. 
And that is why it is so fundamental to decide what it is you want and to focus on that goal, regardless of what anybody says to you, because people are going to say, they are going to say, that's never going to happen. You're crazy. Who do you think you are? You're going to hear it all. I promise you're going to hear everything possible to try to stop you in your tracks. When you have that internal belief that it is going to happen, and no matter what anybody says to you, you are going to go after it with every ounce of your soul, it will happen. Dr. Martin Luther King talked about the staircase, and I love this example because it's so true for all of us. He said, you don't have to see the entire staircase. You just have to take one step at a time. And the same is true for you. Sometimes we feel like feel as though our rocket fuel is empty because we're trying to jump from the bottom of the staircase to the top in one leap. And it doesn't happen that way. It is a multi-step process to get from the bottom of a staircase to the top. And the same is true with us. When you feel like you're depleted, take a step back and say, am I trying to jump from A to Z? Jump? Hmm. If that's the case, let me reverse engineer this and say, okay, there's 10 steps on this staircase. Let me take step one. Then step two, I still have the vision of the top stair. Like I, I know where I'm going, mm -hmm. but let me segment this all the way up. And that will fuel you on your journey because you're getting those wins in. And when you take that first step and the second, celebrate those wins because that's going to encourage yourself, your mindset to keep going further and further. Fantastic words from my friend, Dominique. Dominique, thank you so much for showing up, coming to the show, sharing all of your wisdom. And I appreciate your friendship. And I look forward to developing a relationship with you going forward. If there's anything I could ever do for you, let me know. And thank you so much. Guys, you've been listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock, and of course, the unstoppable Dominique Murphy in the house today. Please go subscribe on YouTube, watch these. And I'm also putting some other content up on YouTube now. Check it out. Mike C-Rock, Sirocco, Rocket Fuel Books available on Amazon. Of course, the new app tech product, Blueprinted, a 10X incubator company is on its way here in August. Go check that out at blueprinted.com. That's B-L-O-O, printed.com. Can't wait to get that into your hands, guys. It's going to be earth shaking. Let's put, it, let's put it that way. Until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.